Welcome to episode 210 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alright guys, welcome along to episode 210 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? Good, I'm wet. That's good to know, John. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you wet, John? It's raining. Oh, it yeah. is. It's, it's turned bad now, hasn't it? Yeah, it's winter's arrived. We can't really complain in Christchurch, but because we had a pretty crappy summer, to be honest, but... Since summer, it's been pretty good, hasn't it? We had some storming days. Yeah, and, and, and winter, degrees. This is our first wet day we've had, really, isn't it? Our first couple of wet days. Yeah, so, can't complain. Can't complain. We're not complaining, John. We're not. We're not complainers, are no. we? We don't bitch and moan about anything. Never, never, <laughs> never. ever, Trevor. Okay, Iron Talk is proudly brought to you by CoffeesofHawaii.com. Get on there to get the world's best coffee. And athletes.com. Social networking for endurance athletes for tracking your results and any social needs. Again, this week's show, where's the show notes, John? They're over here. I better pull them up. I've added a few things. Oh. Uh, I'm in New Zealand. has sold out. Wait, no, wait a second. Back it up. What? You're getting a bit ahead of yourself here. Well, you, were, you were pausing. You were yeah, stalling I was, me. I was pulling up the notes. Okay. And this week's show, we've got news. Oh. We've got website of the week. We've got an interview, and we did this last week with a guy called... Hunter Allen. And he was an entertaining guy, wasn't he? He's, uh, he's passionate about what he does, and he is... And, and knowledgeable, too, eh? Yeah, I mean, he's one of the power gurus. If, if there's a, you know, one power book out there that is sort of the, the, the Bible, it is, um, it is training and racing. And, and you actually you went to a seminar with him, mm-hmm. did you? And he, yeah, he knows his stuff. And he coaches triathletes as well. And as you'll hear in the interview, we talk. We try to be as specific as we can relative to Ironman triathlon. And in his new book, they've got more information on triathlon training zones versus just cycling. What was really good about the interview, and, and I imagine is even better about the book, was that he um, he did give specifics. Eh? Mm. You know, here's the numbers. Here's what you got to use. And it, it kind of, for me, for someone who never really cared about using power, made me think, oh yeah, if you see the value in using power. You know, you can you can just take this power thing so so technically, and yeah. uh, like the track cyclists and stuff, they look at like quarter of a second power output. Really? Well, I suppose just, they have to, isn't it? Because yeah. it's a game, and so it's uh, it's such a powerful tool, and and uh, the software that he's developed with um, cycling training peaks, peaks or peaks that... is uh, is the analysis you can do is pretty incredible. Wow. And uh, he's obviously got yeah, he's a smart guy, but he's obviously got some smart um, people around him who know how to code all that stuff because yeah. it's just very very complex and also he's, he's a good character as well isn't he he's mm. quite a fun guy uh, questions and answer at the end okay news proudly brought to you by xtry.com check out xtry for the latest news reviews and news with the stars you want to add something there do, do you know what happened in the news this week Bevan what happened in the news John I'm in New Zealand oh. <laughs> so I'm, I'm doing a talk the other night I did a talk to the uh, IRD they got me oh, right. yeah, cause, you know, obviously, <laughs> how to avoid tax yeah, well I asked about that they didn't really give me any hints but so I was talking to the IRD and some lady came up to me and I can't remember her name and she goes oh my god I had to enter I'm in New Zealand today because I heard it was selling out mm-hmm. and I said I calm down a little bit you know you'll be alright you know like you've got plenty of time and she goes no no I went on entered because apparently it's selling out and I, and I was kind of thinking oh you know we hear this every year yeah. and then I like got home that night and like it sold out or yeah. it sold out two days later so for those of you not super familiar with Ironman New Zealand, it's never so, I, well, I'm almost 100% sure it has never sold out. Usually, I've had some race, high years, but... You know, usually race day is about 1,200-ish, yep. plus or minus, say, 100 athletes, and they've set their cut off at 1,500 athletes. Um, 
And the the issue is, you know, Ironman Australia, uh, Ironman Port Macquarie in Australia sold out, and so all the Aussies who missed out there are obviously thinking, well, I want to do a race. Ironman New Zealand's pretty similar timing. It's pretty cheap airfare to come over here do it, entered, and all of a sudden that's created a big snowball effect and that's really spooked all the Kiwis. And uh, and so the Kiwis entered and then, then they were up to like, they said, oh, we're up to 700 people entered and then people freaked out and, and went and, and entered and then people, who, as you said, were holding off. And then all of a sudden the email came out saying, came on, didn't it? got 250 entries left and boom, filled up within um, a couple of days. So conspiracy, the conspiracy theorists amongst us would say that uh, <laughs> nice. Would say that <laughs> we never complain. <laughs> I, you know, the, the, all these Ironman races now uh, are not franchised. They're basically you know WTC run. They may be subcontracted out, but they're yep. not. They're not a franchise operation. And the, the, as I said, the conspiracy theorists might say that well, that by reducing the numbers in Ironman Australia, uh, Port Macquarie, that is, that is going to put more pressure on people to enter. Um, Western Australia, which which is also filled, and then put more pressure on New Zealand. So now they've got all those three races full, and all that money's come in, you know, near, maybe ten to twelve months before the race actually happens. So, so the question I have is in regards to they've dropped down. What was what was it at Port Macquarie in the past? I think fifteen hundred. It's just dropped down to a thousand. So they've lost five hundred competitors there anyway. Mm. So, but then they're going to gain from all the seventy point three people racing. Ah, uh, okay, maybe. Because I'm thinking, well, sure, New Zealand's got another 300 people, but then they've still got to get another 200. Uh, um, well, no, they'll, 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 they'll get more from the 70.3, see. It, it, it does seem strange, the whole thousand in Port Macquarie. It's very strange. It just doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's a popular sport in Australia. Yep. The race, Port Macquarie generally sold out, didn't it? Or, or it was a high very, numbers. Very, close. Yeah, and and just to suddenly go, okay, we're only going to have a thousand competitors here, it just seems really odd. And I know maybe they want to get a 70.3 happening, but... I think it's also that part of the argument I heard was the drafting issue. They're thinking if they go down to a thousand, there won't be as much drafting. But which, which is a good thing. Yeah, I still think with a thousand people, you're still going to have the, the usual contenders. You know, the, the the top twenty or thirty and the forty to forty four age group are all still going to be there. And they're all going to. I don't think it's going to do huge things for the drafting issue. But anyway, that's it's an attempt. One thing I'd say with Ironman New Zealand that's really surprising is. Firstly, they're not having a wait list. Yeah, well, we got a big email from Chris Allen. He was an angry man because he, he missed out. He was actually going to enter on Saturday, went on, found out what was happening, thought, cheaper would better go on there, missed out. So it's this big email saying that, okay, well, you know, fair enough, he missed out, bugger, gutted. But why isn't there a wait list? Yeah, because you're not going to get all those 1,500 people racing. I guarantee that. People are going to get injured. People are going to get sick. They're just going to can't be bothered. Um, and the other thing that I'm going to be surprised if they don't do, I'm, I'm almost positive they're going to increase capacity. You, know, you can have more than 1,500 on that course. You've got a big, wide lake. There's no issues with the swim. I'm pretty sure there's capacity to expand that transition area quite significantly. Yeah, it's, it's the only issue, which I doubt drafting. is... No, no, it's more... Can Taupo sustain more than 1,500 people on a race? I would have thought they could. But, yeah, you've got to think, it's 1,500 people plus support. You know, yeah, my wife, that's yeah. 3,000 plus supporters. How much, but I'm sure Taupo wouldn't complain if more people were in the place, no, you know, because no. it's, it's all revenue for Taupo, isn't so, it? So it's good. I think the, it's, the wait list does surprise me a bit because, for me, 
you know, okay, they know that people aren't going to turn up. Mm. They know they're going to lose maybe 100 to 200 competitors over the next year. Yep. You know, it's just stock standard, I mean, you know. And, well, and, and, and it could be money in the bank, you know. you Maybe you don't charge, you say, well, if you want to go on the wait list, you've got to pay 100 bucks, or I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And, and they can chuck that in the bank. Anyway, I'm sure they'll, they probably caught a bit on the hop. They probably didn't think this was going to happen, so they're probably not quite prepared, and I yeah. think we may see a bit more news on this in the next couple of weeks. On the positive note, it's cool that I'm in New Zealand sold out. It is cool. Yeah. And, and I think it's going to be positive for, for Challenge Wanaka as well, because you're going to have people needing to find a race, and, and I would really encourage people to go and do it. It's a different race if you're stuck in the rut. Well, actually, while, while we're on that, John, we got, we got an email from Victoria at Challenge Wanaka, and she was saying that basically they're having the Challenge Wanaka Roadshow. Yes. And uh, if, you're, if you're in New Zealand and you actually are thinking about doing Challenge Wanaka over the next kind of three weeks or next month or so, they're having a roadshow. They're going to have uh, on Saturday the 29th of May, they're going to be in Auckland, and it leads right down to Dunedin, basically time and date to be advised. But over the next month, every kind of Saturday, uh, they're going to have a meet-up somewhere in, in the city close to you and uh, talk about what's going to be happening in the race and all the rest of it. So if you think about doing Challenge Wanaka, you may want to check out their website, challengewanaka.com. And they're in Christchurch day before the marathon. Oh, they are too. Yes. Nice. And also on Challenge Wanaka, they've uh, done something which, which I think is pretty smart. They've teamed up with um, Emirates. This is really cool. Actually. I saw this. And this so you can get your bike, um, is it bike ship for free, was it? Yeah, bike ship for free. So if you're going to come over from overseas, which people will, yeah. um, you know, one of the big costs is building bikes, isn't it? They charge mm. the US. And so. Um, Especially if you're coming via Asia, that's the issue. If you come via the States, it's not a big deal whatsoever. Because you can do your whole baggage. You do your whole baggage. But if you're coming through Asia, make uh, if you're ever coming anywhere, New Zealand, Australia, anything, you've got to be so careful. You get 20 kgs of baggage allowance. At all, only, and that's basically your bike. And, and uh, nowadays they make yes. huge profit off, off weight, oh, yeah. you know. So, so if you're gonna, even not coming to challenge Wanaka or anything, Emirates is worth. Um, well, no, I suppose you could look at Emirates for for coming through because uh, you get that free bike, and that's going to mean a lot. Yeah, yep. It's going to be like five hundred bucks or something sometimes each way. Yeah, crazy, eh? Yeah, yeah. Rips your undies, it does. Okay, um, so that was pretty much that piece of news. Iron Man Lanzarote's coming up this weekend. John, I pulled up the start list, and I'm thinking an Ecolamus. I'm thinking that too. It's a shame. Should we do? The, should we do the challenge this weekend? Yeah, we're doing the challenge this week. Try yep. picks. Yep. Okay. I'll, I'll I'll remember, wait, I'm going to put on my to-do list now, John. So I remember to do it. Um, the, the one thing they've done with the the challenge, no, not the challenge, with Ironman Lanzarote website, they've changed it. Last year, in the last few years, it had a real old school site, but it was actually really good because they had a picture of all the pros and and they had a little profile about them. A few bullet Quite points. Kind of like how challenge does. And, and, they, and they covered just about all the pros, so it was a really good way to get a feel for the athletes. Unfortunately, this year it doesn't appear they've got that. They've got the start list up there, so I'm giving them credit for that because a lot of the other sites. Don't have that, um, and it's, it's not a bad field, you know. It's, it's the usual sort of contenders: um, Bert Jammer, Jarrett Schneelands, um, Stephen Bayless, Elaine Hanson, yep. uh, Mark Twisik, um, and you, you're just your regular sort of guys. Philip Graves racing. Be interesting to see if he really drops the hammer. Obviously, he's a great time trialist on the flat. Don't know if he's as good, relatively speaking, on the on the climbs, but interesting to see how he goes. And uh, then on the girls' side of things, you've got Bella Bayless. She's going to be favourite, doesn't she? Well, you've also got uh, Katrina Harry Morrison. Harry and Tara and Katrina Morrison. So okay. it's, it's not a, not a bad thing. Oh, down here, okay. Yeah, so I'd, I'd say Katrina Morrison would be favourite and then probably Bella's second favourite. Um, yeah. And then Hillary, you always can guarantee, is going to be up there sort of, you know, fourth, yeah. fifth, somewhere about there and, and mowing everybody down. And uh, always, Joe Tara. always interesting to see how Tara goes. Also, a few Epic Campers racing. Um, oh. Rob Contrell was racing. He was down. He did a length of New Zealand. Nice. And, uh, Go Rob. 
Joe Carrot's there and Stephen Lord. And oh, think, Lordy, uh, Lordy. Lordy, Lordy. Russell Cox, I think, is racing and hopefully and a few others. This is one of the Poms big races, isn't it? Well, it's the early season race and uh, it's, 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 if you want to go and do a tough course, it's, it's the one to go and do. It's nice. a goodie. Hands it's a, lands a grotty, that's it, isn't it? It's a course I'd like to go and do one day. It looks pretty cool, pretty So bad. why is it so tough? It's windy, isn't it? Well, it's right next to the it's, sea. It's, it's not as windy or anything as Kona, but it's just it's very, very hilly on the bike. Flat run. And uh, and sea swim, but the bike is what what kills you. It's just up and down pretty much all day. I've never done a sea swim in an Ironman, and to be honest, I don't think I, mean, I want to. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. I've, I've done one in South Africa, and it's it's nowhere near as pleasant. You've done Kona. Oh, true, but Kona doesn't feel like the sea. Yeah, you know what I mean, because you can see everything, yeah. and it's you know like it's. Yeah, and yeah. lake swims are the way to go. Lake swims are the way to go. Okay, anything else in the news front? We had uh, Ironcat Ca- Ca- the weekend, but I couldn't find any results, unfortunately, for that. But the, we had a listener on last week who was doing it, so maybe send us a little bit of report on what that what sort of race it is. It's um, one that most people probably don't know too much about. Oh, got an email from good old Daz, good old Daryl Carter. Yep. It's a good name, that one. Uh, good old Daz. Dazza. 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 Man, you should marry someone called Sharon. Sh- Sharon. Dazza and Shazza. Dazza and Shazza. That's a real Australian thing, yeah. isn't it? Okay, well, there's been a press release, John, and oh, we goodness. are the press. Press releases. I know. The island, the island stage new triathlon. So basically, Enduro Man, double Iron Man, or Iron Lanzarote, because I yeah. can't say Iron Man. The Minister of Sport, how to say that? Manlano. Manlano Cabrera. Has confirmed that the... Government. <laughs> sports department is organising, together with the Enduroman LTD, this new international sporting challenge. Lanzarote continues to show that it's an ideal place for this type of event. So basically, what's going to happen in February 2011? Wait a second. Uh, yep, will take place in February 2011. They're going to have a double Ironman or Iron Distance race in Lanzarote. Nice. So uh, it's, it's going to be a pretty big race. And for those people who are thinking about doing it, it's uh, yeah, you want to check out their website. It's dub dub dub. Um, DoubleIronLanzarote.com or you can go to www.enduroman.com um, and we'll put a link to it on www.iamtalk.me this week. It's going to be a tricky one. I mean, as I was just saying, the Ironman there is pretty tricky and there's only a couple of different routes you really can go. I think it's pretty much hills everywhere you go, so doing a double Ironman with um, with hills would be tough. Now, I wonder if it is a... Um, a double in terms of... I didn't actually read it. Well, they've got a three... Uh, no, it's a double. It's but, but it's a continuous double? Five laps, which, yep, which complete within four hours. You have to bike 360Ks, made up of six laps. That must be done in 22 hours. And, of course, take cyclists from the race centre to the neighbourhood of the hotel, whatever. Um, and then you have to do the run in 30 hours on a all, all thing. So, yeah. No, you, okay, so it is it's a continuous. You do the full swim, you do the full bike, yep. you do the full run. Yep. Cool. There is no real iconic double Ironman, is it? You've got Ultraman. And Ultraman's kind of a bit not a double Iron Man, but there's no, there's not that one you go, oh yeah, there's. No, it's not. It's because it's such a small yeah. sport. I mean, you do have the the Decaman every year in Mexico. Yeah. And there may be some iconic ones out there, but maybe we just don't know. I know they had the UK one a couple of years ago. And, yeah. But not maybe these guys seem to be making an effort to make it a race that they'll do continuously. So good luck to the people at Enduro Man, and uh, we'll keep in contact and see how it goes. Okay, so uh, also, this is I chucked this one in here, and I put it in the news department. Last week we had a big discussion about what's happening with the, the pro money, and admittedly our audio stuffed up last week, so it was a pity because it was a really good discussion. But anyway, good old Swanee. Yeah, he's been. he come back at me, has he? He's come back. And I'm going to read this big email out. Oh, but this is not me giving him crap about the marathon. No, he didn't actually. Yeah, he he stayed away from that. 
Maybe he's worried, John. Yeah. I think, you know what, looking at you right now, you're looking lean and mean. Well, actually, I'd be worried too. Actually, I ran the uh, half marathon on the course. How'd you go? So I think, well, it was all right. I was a little bit off. I ran 120. I wanted to run 118, but I went slightly the wrong way. I know it was just guessing time. So yep. it was okay. But there's a road, Swans Road, which is probably... Oh, no, that's going to motivate him, John. It's prob- no, that's going to crush him. He's going to die on Swans Road. I think it's... It's probably at about, it's just when you turn off the river, so I'd estimate that's maybe 15k and maybe yep. 30-ish k. No, maybe maybe. Now, a little bit further than that. Now, it's probably, yeah. turn off the river and coming back into town? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say it's about 15k. Okay. Yeah, about 15k roughly, and probably then about 30k. 30, 35k of yep. the run, Swans well, Road. 15, he's going to die. He's going to die? This, the past will happen on Swans Road. But maybe, maybe, John, he would go, Swans Road, this is a sign from above. That could be. And I'm going to take John Newsome out. Could be. With an E, he'll go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we well, sent through this email, and he's talking about our, our criticism of the WTC last week. Now, uh, basically, what he did is, he, I'm going to read the whole email. Now, I wanted to know whether being harsh on those that were complaining about the implementation of the 8% rule, it's from St. Croix, especially about the girls missing out I did a quick comparison with the London Marathon as I would expect that most of the runners at the point uh, pointy end, end of the field, field would be full time semi pro athletes like those that say they need prize money for their placings even if they were well off place looking at the girls London uh, the winner did a 2-2-2 Oh, which is pretty good, it's isn't nice. it? It's yeah. pretty quick. Uh, so 8% of that is 233, which was 14th place. Prize money went 10 deep. So Kin Smith, a Kiwi girl, who came 8th, ran 225 and broke the New Zealand record by a large amount, almost missed out. Did she almost miss out? No, she didn't. She was well in. Now, uh, 233 But it is... only paid 10 deep, I guess, so it's Oh, okay. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, a 233 is a sharp time. A 235 is a A-standard Olympic qualifier for the marathon. So 14th is a fantastic athlete. And the guys, 2051, 8% was 215. 216th was 10th place. And 214th was 9, or 214 was 9th. As A-standard qualifying is 215. So again, a top 10 had a fantastic performance. Prize money went to the top 12 people. So people would have missed out on the prize purse despite running a, a qualifiers. Mm. Mm. Now in St. Croix, the leading girl did a 4.31.8% took it out to 4.53-ish. So only two girls were in the standard. In the standard. Now, fourth was 30 minutes behind the winner. Now, if you are 30 minutes away from the winner and a half I'm in, then I personally don't think you deserve to get the money. 30 minutes was 11% out. Using the London Marathon again, 11% would be 237 in the girls and a 220 in the boys. 20th places for both. Now, I don't expect to, uh, 20th place runners should be complaining about missing out on prize money, so why should triathletes complain? 8% is very generous, and if you aren't within the 8%, then objectively and comparatively, you aren't a super great athlete, although better than me. And I personally don't think you deserve prize money. Prize money should be for the excellence, not just because you're a racing pro and your race is not up to the desired standard, when uh, then you shouldn't be crying tears for if you miss out. A quick comparison with the Berlin, uh, with Berlin came with similar findings. Yes, people might complain about Chrissy's Wellington, but imagine what it's like for a runner up against um, what has Gabrielle especially if you're a white. <laughs> <laughs> I would suggest that the depth is not as great in triathlon as in running, so those pros should be happy there in triathlon where there is an opportunity for them to make money. It's a pretty good argument. It's it's some good points, and I I, I do agree to a large 
degree <laughs> nice. that um, I think some of the pros that are, that are crying about this, uh, they're just simply not good enough. But I think in other sports, there's a little bit more of a platform where you can actually make a little bit of money. Yep. Whereas in triathlon, most people just can't get sponsors or they can't race for teams or they don't like... A lot of the runners may be in a group sponsorship deal with, say, Nike or something, or they can go off and run for a, a club or something like that in Europe, and they can actually come through the ranks. And, and also, like, funding, yeah. government funding. It's an Olympic sport, so you look at people who are doing, like Kim Smith, I'm sure she's probably got some government funding up to this point yeah. in New Zealand, so she would have got some money behind her, mm-hmm. and, you know, she she wouldn't have got to this point or if she, she hadn't heard runs that. for a university, so there's, I think in running... There's more opportunity, isn't there? There's opportunity. And in triathlon and short course, I think there probably is opportunity, so I wouldn't, you know, wouldn't be um, coming down on people if, if there wasn't... The same opportunity in triathlon. Like for me, for example, I was able to go to Europe, race for a club. Not you know, not making money, but, but I was able but to get to by. make enough to, to develop yourself to get. And you, you, yeah, for no, you, that was Bevan and all those guys, yeah. wasn't it? And I would classify myself as say a third, if not fourth tier. Oh, um, second, John. No. Second. Don't be hard on yourself. And uh, but I was still able to, to to do that that pathway. And as you said, Bevan and Gimmel and people like that followed that same pathway, so they're able to come up through that ranks. And then when they go to say the the ITU level, then they're you know they're going to get their asses kicked the starts, but they they had that platform to go. So the question I have is, if Bevan and, and Gamble and all that didn't have that, would they be where they were today? No, definitely not. So so that's that's our point really, isn't it? Is that we need something so that those people who are the next up and comers can make a living. But who's respond? Is it is that WT's responsibility? Don't yeah, know. well, that's the thing. That's the thing. So well, I, I think that if, if I'm an organisation, I'm thinking. What's best for my sport? Mm. Um, and, uh, and building up some depth. Is, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you've got to look and go. Okay, well, our sport doesn't have the the, the revenue or the opportunity for their their up and coming athletes. That maybe we should take some responsibility to to help them out a little mm. bit more. So that's yeah. I think I think you've definitely got to have that percentage rule in. And I think the way they had it before was 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 was, was, was all right. It was yeah. pretty good. And I, just, I think it's a good thing that I've gone to to probably dropping it down to fifth place. Yep. And so dropping out that fifth through ten, who really I think, don't think they are just they're just not quite good enough. But when you're, if you're getting fifth and stuff, and if you say within eight percent a second, I kind of think maybe that's just a little bit fairer. Um, life's not fair, but I just think that would probably just appease people and maybe just help get a little bit more depth in the sport and well, get those guys. Well, if you look at what Paul sent through an email, and uh, wait a second. Uh Paul Westwood sent through an email, and he was saying that basically what happened in Ironman New Zealand, Brownie walked away for an extra thousand bucks, okay, because they didn't pay down to fifth. But the guy who came fifth, James Boshed, Boshed, up-and-comer, new up-and-comer, missed out on $2,000 US. Mm -hmm. Now, to get fifth in Ironman New Zealand is a pretty good race, isn't it? Some bad, you know, yeah. and and I'm not sure of his exact time, but he's an up and comer, and two thousand bucks US to a guy like that mm. means he can probably afford to go and do another race overseas, which is good developing more as an athlete. Now, so for him, that's a big deal. Now, for Brownie, I'm sure he loved having an extra thousand bucks, but come on, let's be honest, it's not going to. And if you look at say the track record of some guys, say maybe like Chris McDonald, he spent several years where he maybe was sitting sort yeah. of fifth through well, 10th. Well, he said he was 10th, he and, didn't, and, I mean, he was in the 10th. Built, built his way up. So I think, you know, maybe that gave him just a slight boost, and now he's got a reasonably good profile and is, is able to make a living out of it. So I definitely respect all your arguments there, Swanee, and I think it's some good research. Yep. Running is a bit different to triathlon, um, and yeah. I, 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 I suppose my thing at the end of the day is I wish WTC would have a bit more um, respect for the pro athlete. Mm. And, and come from come from the right place. And it, for me, it just seems as though 
they've got a great business model, they've got a great product, they've got a great brand, they do great things, but sometimes because they have so much power in that one area, they're, they're willing to neglect a really important aspect of our sport. Mm. So mm. That's the news this week, I think, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty much the news for this week. Okay, discussion of the week. Well, John, you, you thought of your discussion. No one liked it. We, we, we no, Evan decided not to refresh it on the... Uh, oh, I, put it, I put a link on our website. Okay, well, I think most people will look, look, look at yeah, okay, Well, you give okay. me a hard time, John Newsom. But when they with go, an e? when they go to Athlinks, they uh, it's still the old discussion on the prize from last week for Trigon Priest. So because you just said go to see go to this week's discussion. Okay, so it's yeah. it's, it's shared responsibility between listeners, okay. Bevan, oh. and not really. <laughs> <laughs> So we're not going to do it. It's basically a discussion. Actually, Fegan, Fegan made a comment, so we better give Fegan a little bit of love. Okay, well, where go, is it? Go to our I Am Talk page. If, if, if this ever happens again, I'm going to explain how you go. You go to our I Am Talk page, you look at discuss, uh, past discussions, and you'll be able to find it in there. You can sort alphabetically, okay, well, you can sort chronologically. Um, past discussions, people. Well, you can even just go here. Is it that one there? No. Okay, past discussions. Past discussions. Here we go. Past discussions, John. And you can choose to view it. Seventy, uh, good or bad, John. Is, yep. is it rapid expansion, good or bad? And we've got one post. Yep, from Fegan. <laughs> he wins this week. He does. Double Did discussions, you? obviously fooled by the majority of people. Good. Yes. Plus points, an expected level of professionalism at the events. Nice. More buy-in from sponsors. Yes. Likelihood of some big names attending. Mm. Better brand awareness and more people likely to go on to the full Ironman distance. Good, it's kind of like, you know, the marijuana, it's the lead-in drug. You take a bit right. of marijuana, and next thing you know, you're doing LSD. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah, downside is the loss of community and individualism, uh, higher entry costs, uh, even more of a draft fest, uh, dilution of pros at races, less format, distance variation, harder for smaller events to compete, too many events over the same weekend. Uh, there is always a smaller local run events such as the Bala and the v- uh, Vichurian. Vichurian in the UK, but with uh, Vyman etc. turning to 7.3 branding, it is showing that without the corporate machine, it is harder for those longer running events to tr- keep drawing crowds. I fear the days of the smaller time events are numbered. Mm. That's a good point. Do you think those events are numbered? Yep. Well, well, well. Yep. Back it up. If the sport keeps <clears throat> growing, um, then they, they should be okay. I think what the smaller events is, is they have to find a different angle. Yep. They can't just be a 70.3 that's like a, like, you know, a 70.3. find a tough course or you yeah, make a festival. Yeah, something like that. It's, got, it's, got to, it's, got, it's got to be a different angle because, you know, it's pretty hard to compete against WTC and, and the challenges of the world who have money, have systems, have, mm. you know, are bloody great at what they do. And so um, to, to, you've got to have something different that makes it work. So I think... For me, the, the the positives outside outweigh the negatives. You know, I think the the the, the aura of going and doing a seventy point three is not that great. And I think there's no, two but, but you got to remember from where we're standing, it isn't. Mm. But for Joe Public, seventy point three, it's like a half marathon for for you and I. A half marathon seems like a bit of a walk in the park, a training day. Mm-hmm. But for Joe Public, that's a big event. And sometimes we neglect that. You look at all those people who do the women's triathlons. Yeah. Like for them, the idea of doing a half Ironman, mm. is, you know, doing a Port Tauranga or doing one of those iconic New Zealand halves, is you know that's a massive achievement. Yeah, I agree with that. And so you just got to you sometimes you look outside <laughs> the box, John. Okay. But and I, so and that's why these events are so popular. Yeah, but I know I often look at it from the pros' perspective, and I think 
by the expanding the 70.3 series, there is more opportunity to make that little bit of money. You know, the yeah. prize money at most of them is, is, is not great, but it's, it's okay. Well, and the fields are weak because yeah. there's so many. So, you know, um, I think that that's a, that's a plus. So. so I suppose if we go back to our last point in that, you know, top five, if there's more of these, that's a way that Upper Government Pro can make more money. Totally. Yeah. And, uh, and I like the idea that they're having the championship races. It's just a matter of having a fair system where the championship races are actually going to mean something and maybe the championship regional race qualifies you for the for the world championships which, which hopefully they move well, what, what, what would be cool with, with the the world championships is they could maybe go to each of the places where the yeah, the regional ones yeah is. so for example they could have the european one as the world champs mm-hmm. one year and then and that way they mix it up a little bit i guess the other issue is going to be if there's going to be so many events how's the qualifying going to work and that's going to that's the issue we're facing with ironman now is there's so many events the qualifying slots for kona are getting less and less at each at each race um, maybe you, you should. Well, well seventy point three. They're gonna surely they're gonna have to get to the point where they go. Well, there are no qualifying spots in this race. Oh, yeah, they're I gonna have so. to. Yep. Because you look at races like Port of Tauranga and you know and all those big New Zealand races. They have no qualifying spots and they sell out. Yeah, you know. True. So and and uh, I don't know. Is the world champs an appealing thing in the seventy point three? Not for me. It's not. Not for you, John. <laughs> but again, we're 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 elite. That's right. <laughs> again, this week's discussion was sent through from good old old draw. Oh, here, here we go. Here go. Drago. Drago deserve. Great name. Jeez, I, I see. Oh, it's a great name. Anyway, this uh, past weekend, I was competing in a 70.3 in Panorama, Panama. Panama City Beach, Florida, and had some troubles on this one. Oh, this is a good question. In uh, two to four foot waves, I took a lot of water and ended up giving it all the seawater I took in back into the ocean, plus my breakfast and any sort of hydration that I was able to ingest before the race. From that point on, I couldn't swim more than a couple of strokes without a nausea coming back on and even try, dry heaving a bit. I finished the swim by stroking side on. Pretty ugly overall. Long story short, I pulled out of the race at that point. I didn't feel that bad because uh, I didn't feel that bad on the ground. I didn't feel that bad once I was on the ground, but figured that the lack of hydration and nutrition was sure to catch up with me in no time on the bike. So here's the question that I was wondering was I wise or was I wuss have I been seeking I've been seeking guessing my decision ever since so what Drago Deserve wants to know was should he just hardened up and rocked on and got some nutrition in and carried on or should he was that a good decision based on the fact that he had a pretty tough time in this one soft cock or not <laughs> that's what he's asking that's the title John that's what I'm going yeah. soft cock or not oh I love your work okay so this week's discussion soft cock or not oh what if everyone calls him a soft cock <laughs> yeah you ask the question Drago and you be prepared some people are going to call you a soft cock yeah. soft cock or not beautiful okay let's put some music on oh good times Website of the week. And this one comes from the good wise man. Actually, you have to do that again. Websites. Plural. Of the week. Of the week. James Bertel, the wise one, sent through this one. Uh, he's given us a list of websites, John. A bivvy of websites. A bivvy. That's even better. Uh, and he has a focus when he does websites. So he's doing mental ones this week. Yeah. No, no. Coming up. He's oh, okay. This morning. No, yeah. Mm. Um, but this is uh, 
the fringes of our sports of over extreme exaggeration. So he's basically giving us websites for people who are looking to do stuff that's a little more challenging than just challenging. Yeah. And the first one is extremesportsforyou.com, tag, blah, blah, blah. We'll put a link to it on imtalk.me. Uh, ultra running is rising in popularity, for example, the marathon. And how does this one? De Sable. Now, um, go from Ian from Pyrenees Motorsports. Yeah, done it. he's done it. He's still got his clothes and they're still bloody dirty. Yeah. I don't know if you've washed them. For example, it's fully booked until 2011. So there is an alternative across across the divide. They organise four ultra marathons a year, kicking off with the Nambi on the 19th to 24th of February 2010. This race is rapidly making its name as the <laughs> ultimate endurance. You'll just say if you to do it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, well, next year. Uh, but it's rapidly expanding as the ultimate endurance race for the ultimate distance runners. So, uh, yep. And, from, uh, from one extreme to the other, if the heat of the Marathon de Sable is not your thing, then why not try and ride the mm-hmm. Idiorod course? Right. The... Idiorod, whatever it's called, is yeah. a dog sleigh race across Alaska. I would love to do that. With dog teams and mashers competing on multiple days to complete the course first. I would love to do that. Would you love to do that? No, don't like the cold that much. Oh, but this is the adventure of it. Yeah. Did you ever watch Top Gear? No. I, I, admittedly, I don't either, but I have seen it occasionally. <laughs> Great, neither of us watch it. We'll get a comment on it. No, but once I was on a plane and they had, because um, the, they do these stupid challenges, yeah. and one of them was, you had to basically get across Antarctica or something. Right. And one of them had this big four wheel beast. Mm-hmm. Another one had, I don't know, a dwell, Many years, right? and, and Richard, the, the shorter guy, yep. he, he had to do it on dog sleep. Oh, <laughs> and his poor guy was just dying. Eh? It was yeah. just epic. But I have to admit, that, I, that would appeal to me. I think yeah. that'd be pretty cool. So there you go. It's, uh, it's 1,100 miles, I presume that is, and you do it in winter. Beautiful. <laughs> nice. Uh, number three is basically he's got a website, <clears throat> worldrec.info, and it basically has all the um, records for the kind of crazy challenges out there. So for example, Western States Endurance Run, uh, the record course record is held by Scott Jurek with a time of 15 hours, 36 minutes, I don't know how long the distance is, but 100k South Pole Ultra Run. Yanis Kouros. Uh, in 20 hours, 25 minutes in 1984, no one has gone within two hours of his time. The London to Paris run, 85-mile swim, 187-mile uh, ride. Uh, the record currently beheld by Eddie It in 81 hours and 5 minutes. Nutbar. If that wasn't enough nutbar stuff, there with iron distance training and events. So, so you go triple whammy this week, a bevy of websites a from bevy. James. Thank you for that. Love your work. Anything else you want to add to that? No. Would you want to do any... What would, what, okay, because you like, you, you like your triathlon world. Yeah. If you were to do one other thing that was a little bit more extreme, what would that be? It's probably not very, that extreme, but I'd, I'd like to do the triple T. I think okay. That's do a, do a so still triathlon, Will John. Oh, so non triathlon. Non triathlon. Well, just maybe a little, you can use some of your. So it's got on, a bit of running. Just keep that <laughs> ear, ear wax out, so I'll listen. Um, no one that Belinda complains all the time. <laughs> what would it be? It would probably be. Maybe like a. Like a raid Pyrenees or something like that where you ride all the way through the Pyrenees but maybe do it a bit more extreme like you can take as long as you want to do that and still classify as a raid I think yep. um, but probably something like that something with a bit of mountain climbing in it 
Nothing that's going to put my life in danger. I had a dream last night, John. Did you have a dream? Yeah, and don't okay. worry, it's not a worrying dream. Yeah. I had a dream I was going to do Epic Camp again. Oh. I don't know where that came from because I don't think about training at all nowadays. <laughs> and I was worried as hell because... <laughs> you are a bit out of shape. Yeah, I was a bit out of shape. And then we started riding everyone got in front of me. And I was like, oh no, I used to dominate this thing. Yeah. Oh, so... Anyway. That was oh, I had a dream. Week. I was, at the, I was at the gym the other day. I'm just pandering because we've got to kill a couple of minutes. Okay. Because <laughs> we've got an interview coming up. Who's our interview with? Heather Wirtle. Well, that's next week's show. Okay. But we're going to do Hunter Allen next on the show. But next week, we're going to have Heather Wirtle. I was at the gym the other day. I started taking pump on a Sunday morning. Yeah. And I was at oh, the Bevan gym. Bevan said she saw you there. Bevan did, did she? Belinda said <laughs> Filled in for somebody else. She said Bevan's always the, the go to guy if somebody's sick or No, anything. I'm not. I never am because I cost too much. Uh, no, they never ask me because I'm the most paid instructor and so they never ask me. It breaks my heart. But no, I've taken over that class. Right. I'm now that's my class. And I'm walking mm-hmm. through the gym. I thought, there's an Arta Tri Top. Who's got an Arta Tri Top? Uh, and there was Belinda. She gave me the wave. And right. I was like, oh, she was working hard, John. Good. You'd be proud of her. Yeah, she's doing well. I've been seeing your wife a lot lately, actually. <laughs> Three times a week, Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday. Because I often see her on a Monday night. She sometimes... Oh, no, Tuesday, oh, Thursday, Sunday. I sometimes see her on a Monday night. No, you don't. No, I don't? No. I think she thinks out of the house. I'm running on Monday night. Oh, yeah. I, must, I must be Thursday, I see her. Thursday. see her Thursday, now I see her Sunday, and I see her going for a walk sometimes as well. It's regular. We're trying to get her to psych every day. We're trying to get... Are we? No, no, she's, just, she's just getting out there and doing her business. <laughs> she's just... Freedom. Freedom. Okay, well, I think we've just killed enough time for Heather Wirtle. So uh, yeah, it's coming up next week, though. But okay, so next up, we've got on the show a guy called Hunter Allen. Uh, just a bit of a recap, John. Tell us about Hunter. He's co-author of Training and Racing with a Power Meter. Um, used to race uh, in his younger days as a uh, sort of semi-pro pro pro for for, for a short. As a cyclist. As a cyclist. Yeah. Um, coaches Ironman athletes, triathletes, more cyclists than anything, and is involved with some of the big hitters, and, and uh, is just a bit of a power geek, really. But great guy, great interview. We'll chuck it on right now. Righty ho, we're very, very happy to have uh, a power expert on the show today. We get lots of questions in on on training with power, and it's a, a relatively new phenomenon that that a lot of people don't know a huge amount about. And one of the men that does know a lot about it is uh, Hunter Allen. He's the author of Training and Racing with a Power Meter, which, which has is just had its second edition, John. That's right, oh, and must be selling. It's it's a, it's a, you know it's probably the, the, when you go to a we, we had a power conference a few weeks ago that Hunter came out and did, and, and everybody pulled out their little book out of their bag, and it's 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 a book that most people who get going to power like to have, and we've got the second edition that's just come out. So welcome along to the show, Hunter. Well, thanks, thanks, guys. I appreciate it, and glad to be here. So, so you obviously, you got your second book out, and um, I've had a, a flick through. I've got the, the the signed copy, Bevan. Oh, mate, what, what did he put to you? Uh, I've got, uh, <laughs> made the power be with you, or something like that. <laughs> nice, good. <laughs> um, you know, I noticed in there it's got a few new additions, which is going to be um, specific to triathlon. So maybe just tell us a bit about the second edition and um, and how it differs from the first edition. Sure. Uh, you know, it, it, it was a it was a complete rewrite almost. Uh, almost every page was touched in the in the uh, the new edition um, because a lot of things has have changed. And and so I mean, in the last three years, we've learned a lot more about different uh, sports. We've learned a lot more about how people react to training. Uh, we've come up with some new ideas. You know, we, we've done lots of things. So it's been a, a big big change. I mean, over a hundred new pages, a whole new. Uh, uh, 
a workout plan, eight weeks to your peak is in the uh, book as well. And then of course, uh, really, I'm, I'm really proud of the chapter on triathlon as well, because, um, it was something that was really missing in the first edition. And, uh, and largely, you know, it was missing because we just didn't have enough data on, on triathletes yet. So, um, in the past three years, you know, I've been very fortunate to get, you know, data from world-class Ironman age group, beginners, everybody. Um, and so we're able to incorporate it into the second edition. And uh, we're going to have a link up on the site, imtalk.me, and that'll um, link through to Amazon so you guys can pick up copies of that. Um, probably the big question, you know, coaches get and, and when athletes go out and get a power meter or they may already have one is, is how the hell do they set up their, their training zones? Um, and a lot of the information out there on the net, and, and as you said, maybe in the, in the first book was is, is focused on cycling because there is so much more data out there on, on cyclists. So, um, you know, how, how should athletes, can you maybe talk through some tests that athletes can do for, and how this might differ for you know, your, 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 tri, your standard triathlete versus your Ironman versus your cyclist and, and other tests they, they should be doing the same? Absolutely. So there's there's a couple of different things, and and when you consider it, you need to first test to find out what we call your threshold power. So your what we call it the FTP, your functional threshold power, and what that is is that's a test uh, where you your average, your best average watts for an hour. So as hard as you can go for one hour is what we define as your functional threshold power. Now, guys, as you can imagine, I have a hard time getting my athletes doing a one-hour time trial on a regular basis. <laughs> it's kind of difficult. So I've come up with a, a kind of a, a, a approximation. You can do it for 20 minutes and then take about 5% off of that number, and then that ends up being really close to what you can do for an hour. Now, some people it'll be 8%, some people will be 3%, but you know, 5% is a good place to start. So the very first test you have to do, everybody has to do, a cyclist, triathlete, whoever, they have to figure out what their functional threshold power is. The second test then that we have to do is you have to understand your strengths and weaknesses. So you need to do a test for five minutes, as hard as you can go for five minutes, because that represents what we call a VO2 max energy system. Then we have to do a test for your anaerobic capacity. So that's a, a one minute test as hard as you can go for one minute. And then, you know, even my triathletes, I even have them do some sprints. Um, so see what their neuromuscular power is. Your best five seconds is really like your, your neuromuscular power, a good representation. And, you know, you might ask, well, why? I'm a triathlete, you know, I'm an Ironman athlete. Why do I need to know my sprint? Well, you probably aren't going to sprint necessarily. Um, but at the same time, it tells us the big picture of your strengths and weaknesses. Now, the other thing that's kind of, you know, do you have a sprint or not kind of thing that, that makes a difference for for uh, triathletes is draft legal. Mm -hmm. If you're doing if you're doing a draft legal race, you're going to have to do sprints. You're going to have to get on the wheel. You're going to stay in the peloton. You're going to have to chase up to the group. You may have to jump out of a turn. All of a sudden, you're doing a bike race. Um, and so sprinting or neuromuscular power, your peak five seconds, becomes important. 
Now, once you kind of got the two tasks out of the way, the FTP task, the strengths and weaknesses, which we call the power profile tasks, then we kind of look at what is very important for a Ironman triathlete versus a Olympic distance triathlete versus a draft legal triathlete. So for Ironman, and I've worked with lots of Ironman athletes, um, men and women over the years, one of the things that I really like to test them for is I like to see um, – in terms of the how long can they hold their tempo pace. So when we kind of take that FTP number, we say, okay, it's, it's 100% of your threshold power. Then we knock off uh, down to about 87%, 85%, 89 somewhere in that range. And I start to look and see, okay, how long can you do three hours at this pace? Uh, and then still feel like you have energy at the end. So it's not necessarily a um, go out and ride as hard as you can for three hours type thing, but it's more of, okay, I want you to hold this much, this many watts, do your best, and do it for three hours, and see how they feel afterwards. So for Ironman, that tells me about their muscular endurance, if they have a, an issue with muscular endurance, and then it also tells me a little bit about how developed their aerobic system is. You know, Do they need more endurance? Once we once we go over to the 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 shorter stuff, the Olympic distance, um, you know, to me, then I, I look and I do the same thing for Ironman as well. I look at the course too. So um, here in the United States, we have a crazy variety of courses uh, from Ironman Wisconsin, which has ridiculous hills, a hundred plus hills in it. They're all very short to Ironman in Florida, which is dead flat, you know, to uh, Ironman Canada, which has a long climb in it. So, so you got all these variety of things. So it might be when I, when I kind of look to the Olympic distance, they tend to be a little more variable in the terrain. So I end up doing um, some more of these kind of anaerobic tests, the one minute, maybe I do it a two minute and just start to see how the, the athlete paces themselves because I like to get a good feel for their pacing. And so that's important. Then, then the last thing is the draft legal stuff. So, you know, to me, again, it's a bike race. You know, you come back to it, you're, 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 you're in the peloton, you're trying to, to hold a wheel, you're trying to, you know, maybe you came out of the swim a little late, now you got to chase, you time trial to catch the peloton versus just kind of pacing yourself so you're ready for the run. Um, so all of a sudden, then um, the all the components of bike racing become very important. So uh, to me, then you know, I, I even like to do this one test, and it's great. You know, I, I have a saying that, and, and, and John knows this from my my uh, seminar the other day: training is testing, testing is training. All right. So every time you go and test, you're training. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> every time you every time you're training, you're testing yourself. Um, and so one of those tests is what we call the microburst effort. So a microburst effort is a great workout for triathletes, especially dra draft legal ones. Um, but it's also a great test. And that workout is 15 seconds on, 
and 15 seconds off. So in the on period, you're doing 150% of your threshold power. The off period, you're doing 50% of your threshold power. So on 15 seconds, off 15 seconds. It's incredibly annoying workout. <laughs> but it's a great test because then, you know, how do you how are you recovering these on and off periods? And then when you start to compare that to a draft legal race with a power file, you're like, oh my gosh, this looks just like a draft legal race. So a really good mimic of a race itself. When you when you're doing the testing, one of the things you talked about in Christchurch is um doing the, the, the pros and cons of doing testing inside versus outside so can you just maybe explain why you don't necessarily want to do your testing inside and then automatically transfer that to your outside numbers yeah that's a great question and um you, you know that's <laughs> Watch out! Um, no, it 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 um, inside can be really different. Um, you know, there is the inertia of the 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 resistance, um, whatever it is that you're on—a mag trainer, a fluid trainer, or uh, you know, whatever rollers. Even so, so there's the, the inertia that changes it versus outside. Um, inside, if you're on a trainer, you're fixed in a very t- um, you know, focused place, your legs work very, very, um, just like pistons. So sometimes indoors, your numbers are lower than they would be outside. Um, outside, you're able to flick your bike back and forth. You're able to kind of rest some muscles and, and at the same time, continue to keep your power up. Uh, so, I'll see a lot of times the numbers indoors, especially like that 20-minute test, will be up to 30 watts lower than the outdoor test. Um, So that's huge. I mean, 30 watts is massive. So if you based all your training on your indoor tests, then you would be underachieving if you did all of your, you know, training outside. So you need to kind of make sure that, okay – What's my best option here? And and my advice really to, to everyone out there is, okay, if you're going to train indoors 80% of the time, then do your test indoors. Okay, so train indoors, then do your test indoors. If you're going to go outside and train most of the time outside, then you probably should train outside. You know, the only caveat to that is if you live in a highly populated area where there isn't a 20 minute section of road without a stoplight or something like that. So you kind of have to take that, you know, as well into consideration. Are there any other main considerations that you have to think about when you're doing your testing outside? Yeah, you know, the other thing that's important when testing is that um, you you try and test on the same route every time. So I always like to say to my athletes, okay, go and get on the the route that you're going to test on. Make sure it's a route that you can do all these different tests on them, and we can repeat it. Uh, And then do your same warm-up and start the test at the same place, whether it's the same you know store or the house or a mailbox, whatever it is, start it right there. And then try and do it on the, a consistently similar weather day. Um, so don't go out and test when it's, you know, 50 kilometer per hour winds, unless it's always that way. <laughs> or don't go out and test when it's, you know, pouring rain. You know, test when it's consistent so you can, you know, be, you know that the numbers are repeatable. 
Um, what, one thing, you know, some people are champion um, trainers and crappy racers, and some people are crappy, not so good at training and, and great racers. You know, if you talk about these tests, and for people who maybe struggle and training to really get up to their performance that they do in racing, how could they mm-hmm. maybe adjust their their zones based? You know, because they, they may not just they just may not have the mental capacity or whatever it is to really push themselves hard for, a, say, a 20-minute um, test. Are there any considerations those sorts of people have who know they can't do it in training? Right. Well, then, the one thing that is nice about a power meter, and especially, and I highly recommend, you know, you race with your power meter, and because, one, we learn the most from our races, uh, but that's a great place for those people who, what we call, and, you know, I call it, racing up. You race up to the level of the competition. You you improve when you have that adrenaline and that person riding right beside you. Um, so, what I'll do is I'll take a kind of a, a little bit of both. Let's say, for example, in their 20-minute test, they crack out 250 watts for 20 minutes. So, you know, knock off 5% of that, okay, about 240 watts, let's say. Mm-hmm. Then they go out and do a... Um, uh, a race, and in that race, they end up averaging 260 watts for an hour. So it's like, wow, okay, well, they definitely can do 260 watts for an hour, um, but they haven't ever been able to do it in their test. So then I'll kind of split the difference, and I'll say, okay, well, I know that if you know in tests and in, in training you do 240, that's your best. In racing, we know that adrenaline gives you an extra 20 watts. That's 260. So let's go with 250, and then see if they're hitting their workout numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you know, the one problem you have is you know, if you set your zones based on your race numbers and they're much higher than your training numbers, then you're constantly failing in training. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and that, that can be tough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in your book, you've got a, a great table in there that, that gives um, percentages of FT, FTP for, for setting your zones for different distances and um, obviously we're sort of more focused on the, the Ironman side of things and you've got quite a big range, you know, it's 0.68 to 0.78 of FTP for um, yes. Ironman pacing. You know, how do people sort of know which end of that scale they're at, you know, whether they're a diesel engine or whether they're at the top end of that, that field? If, if they're new to power, mm-hmm. what, what sort of things can they be thinking about trying to estimate where they should be on that um, continuum between 0.68 and 0.78? That, that's, a, that's another tough one. Um, and <laughs> the, um, the, 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 the issue there is, okay, so, and, and what you're talking about is 0.68 really is the intensity factor. Mm-hmm. And so that means 68% of your 100%, which you could do for an hour. Um, and so between 68% and say 78%, uh, that, that intensity factor, that's a big range. Uh, I've had uh, pro uh, triathletes, uh, pro Ironman, pro Iron Women ride at 0.83 and then still have a PR on the run. Right. But you know what? They're freaks. they're pros. Yeah. yeah, they're freaks. Exactly. <laughs> you got to kind of throw them out, right? Um, so the but then I've had like a a pretty you know I wouldn't say elite age grouper but she was she qualified for Kona so she's mm. darn good yeah. um and she did a 0.73 so kind of right in the middle of the 0.68 to 0.78 um and then just cracked on the run and ended up walking for like 15 minutes on the run yeah. so um 
you really kind of have to think about a couple of things. One, you have to kind of think about how much training have you done? So where's your base fitness now? You know, an athlete that I would call a more mature athlete has been been competing for, say, four or five years, then they're probably going to be a little bit closer towards the upper edge. So maybe 0.72, of that continuum. For an athlete that hasn't been competing as long, maybe hasn't done as many, or maybe they're doing their first Ironman, I would err on the side of conservative and just be, you know, 0. 0.68, 0. 0.69, 7, you know, 0. 0.70, you know, because you want to run <laughs> on the run. <laughs> yeah. It's a swim bike run, not a swim bike walk. Yeah. I know, exactly. You know, it's it's the old uh, the old adage, right? I mean, there's a, you always see it in all the courses. There's all these guys who are, are in, in women and like walking on the run and and, you know, and they're all patting each other on the back. Man, we had a great bike leg. <laughs> as, as they walk for the next 15 miles. Um you know, so you have to kind of remember that, like, you know, if you don't, if you're if you're walking on the run, you went too hard on the bike. So should the the slower athletes be a bit a little bit lower on that continuum versus the faster athletes, or that doesn't have too much of an influence? I, I think so as well. Um, I think I think the people who are okay, I'm doing this to finish to accomplish this goal. Um, you know, then they need to probably err on the the slower side. Uh, and then the, the the folks who are saying, okay, you know what, um, I've been doing this for a while. I've finished a couple of Ironmans. Now I'm doing it for a really good time. I've gotten better, more serious. Then they can kind of edge towards the faster 0. 0.74, 0. 0.75, 0. 0.78 even. Mm -hmm. um, one of the, the key things we, we always talk about with, with the power meter is how it can obviously help you with your pacing and, and races and that can be the key thing, you know, rather than, uh, you know, so many athletes fade in the second half of the ride or the second half of the run particularly as well. How can people use their power meters a bit more effectively for, for different you know varieties of courses say for a, on a hilly course should people be using a power meter to control themselves on the hill should they be freewheeling on the descents um you know what, what are they sort of looking for on say a hilly course a windy course etc mm -hmm. right um you know and that's a great great place to use a power meter in in racing and pacing yourself um you know because uh this sport is all about pacing. Uh, it really is. I mean, we, we pace ourselves in the swim. You pace yourself drinking. You pace yourself eating. You pace yourself on the bike. I mean, everything is about pacing. It, and, you know, that's that's a critical part of this. And when all of a sudden you throw in, okay, oh, they got to go over these hills, and or you've got this crazy headwind here, um, you know, or, or you're drafting or whatever it is, you know, from 10 meters behind or something, then – it makes it even more important to have a power meter. So let's talk about hills first. Um, the first thing you do need to do is you need to, especially if you're doing an Ironman um, type effort, you need to mute what we call your bursts. All right, mute the the sharp, short hard efforts okay so you're trying to prevent from sprinting up any hills or going hard up any hills and or, or accelerating too hard out of corners or something like that you're trying to be as smooth as you can over everything in order to kind of um, basically to, to save your legs 
so to speak. Uh, we have a tool called Quadrant Analysis that we analyze how much muscle fiber type you're using with your power file, blah, blah, blah. It's advanced stuff, but at the same time, it's, it's a really great thing that's taught us a lot about how important it is to just literally mute your power and smooth it over those hills. Now, if you do have a relatively hilly uh, event, then you can use your power meter to kind of you know, make it a ceiling. Here I have different ceilings. And so, you know, maybe for a, a three-minute hill, and if you've been riding for a while, you can kind of look at a hill and say, oh, that's going to be a three-minute hill, or that's about a five-minute hill or something. Um, then you can kind of say, okay, I know that if I went all out up this thing, I could do about 115% of my 100%. Um, so, but if I do that, and then there's not a downhill on the other side, I'm not going to be resting enough either. So maybe you just go a little bit over, you know, you're pacing yourself at, at 75% or something. Maybe you actually come up to 100% on the hill and then you just hold it right there on the hill, you know, not too much, and you do it smoothly. And then you go up over the hill and on the backside of the hill, you're kind of resting your legs a little bit. Um, you know, if it's, if it's a, a flat after the hill, then you're solid and steady all the way down it. So, that's that's a good that's a good kind of starting point um, that I like to go to it. With a, a windy course, you mm-hmm. you know I, I know when we're on the course the, the course down here in Christchurch, you gave the example of a, a time trialist how he really smacked it into a headwind, and this is in a in a, in a bike race or a triathlon. What's your advice for triathletes if they're say on a on a two lap course or three lap course where it's it's windy one way, headwind one way, tailwind the other way? Should they be looking to have an even power output through the ride, or should they be working harder into the wind and, and recovering but with the tail? Yep, definitely. The it's always going to be one in the headwind. Okay, so if you do have a headwind section, you have to go just a little bit harder than you would if there was no wind at all. So let's say, for example, um, your your goal pace again is back to that 250 watts, and I'm trying to hold 250 watts. That's my I want to shoot for that for the entire thing. Well. You know, what, what's going to happen in the tailwind, it's going to neutralize a lot of the fitness differences between the athletes. So you might end up having, um, you know, you're, you're going along the tailwind at 50K an hour and you're like, oh, I'm going to win this thing. But <laughs> <laughs> guess what? Everybody else is also going 50K an hour and all saying to themselves, I'm going to win this thing. <laughs> right? So it kind of neutralizes the fitness differences in the tailwind. Um, so the headwind is where you want to push a little more. Uh, you want to go just a little bit harder than you might have might have set out to go in the beginning. But at the same time, it's like, okay, gosh, you know, on this loop, there's this this tailwind section. It's uh, you know 30k long. Uh, then we've got a 30k headwind. Well, you know what? I can overdo it a little bit on the 30k headwind in order to you know kind of just free not freewheel in the tailwind because you're still pedaling and you're still going for it. But you're also not able to pedal very hard either because you don't have anything, you know, you're, you're being pushed along. So it's hard to have any resistance to pedal against. 
So I guess the important thing there, though, is people need to practice that in their training. They need to have some variability in their <coughs> Ironman pace efforts rather than just riding at one speed all the time to factor in what, what may happen on race day. Exactly. Great point. Yeah. Great point. Another great point. Okay, so what are some other key points that you think are really relevant for Ironman athletes in particular, you know, if they're on a tough course or just other key points that you may have, particularly maybe even for age group athletes? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, back the pacing thing is big. So, so we, so we're talking about that. I mean, that's I think is 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 really critical. Um, you know, to to use your power meter as a ceiling. I'm not going to go above this wattage, or I'm just going to hold this wattage on the hills. So, I think pacing is really good. The other thing is, it's a great tool to help you with your nutrition intake because every power meter tells you how much work you've done. I mean, that's what we are measuring here is work. Um, so a, uh, it measures it in kilojoules. So whatever power meter you have, if you have a SRM, it says KJ for kilojoules or power tap is going to say E for energy or, um, you know, I think the, the Garmin one says kilocalories. So they all measure the work. And then if it says kilojoules or energy, then you just multiply 10% by 10%. So let's say you burn 2,000 kilojoules, then you've actually burned about 2,200 kilocalories. And then all of a sudden you can start to say, huh, did, you know, every time I burn 800 kilojoules, have I put any food back in here? Have I eaten enough? Have I drank enough in order to keep this replace replacement going on in order to have, you know, strength on the run? So I really spend a lot of time with my Ironman athletes, you know, talking about how are we going to come up with a nutrition strategy to keep you on track to eat when you need to eat. Not just kind of randomly, oh, I think I need to eat every 20 minutes or something. Well, that's a good start. But, you know, at the same time, 20 minutes in a headwind is totally different than 20 minutes in a tailwind. Um, So you kind of need to look at sometimes the work and how that's important as well. The other thing that you can do with a power meter that's interesting for um, Ironman athletes is you can help to refine your position. So you can use this to improve your aerodynamic position on your bike. Um, there is no doubt that that uh, that can be, be something that can help you. So you need a, a relatively flat course. You need to get up and get up in the morning super early, break of dawn, so you're going to have to get out of bed early. Um, but and you need to you know have a, a wind conditions that are that are very light if no wind at all is the best and then just pick a speed and hold that speed over a short out and back section i mean it could literally be a 3 kilometer section or even shorter as long as you can get up to a given speed let's say okay i'm going to ride up to to uh, 30 kilometers per hour and then hold 30 kilometers per hour and then do that, you know, a couple of times. So you get a couple of runs, um, and then change something. So you could download your power meter and say, "Oh wow, look! It takes me 200 watts to ride at 30 kilometers per hour in this position. Now I'm going to change my position, and I'm going to go back out, and maybe I put on a different arrow helmet, maybe I put on different arrow wheels, or maybe I lower the bars or whatever it is. I go back out, I do a couple of more runs, and I ride at that same 30 kilometers per hour." Holy cow, I just, you know, now I only have to do 190 watts to do 30 kilometers per hour. Um, So 
whatever you did, whatever you changed, made you more aerodynamic. So that's kind of a, yeah, it's a little geeky and a little sciencey, but at the same time, it's a it's not too hard to do. So it's kind of fun. Speed triathletes, triathletes into that. Yeah. One other thing I'd like to um, talk a little bit about is the your IF score, your intensity factor, and mm-hmm. how athletes can look at that and use that as a tool to figure out um, whether they've ridden the course the most efficient way. So can you maybe just touch on that a little bit? Sure, absolutely. So um, there, there is definitely a, um, a way to uh, essentially uh, govern your effort, and that's what I talk about in the second edition here, um, by the intensity factor. So that's one of those things where um, if you say, okay, for example, um, I want to uh, score, I mean, we're kind of getting into um, training stress score, so you get a little bit you know about training stress score as well here, but training stress score is a, a measure of how much stress you've accumulated on your rod or race or whatever. Um, and you may just give yourself a certain number of points. Say, for example, well, you know what? I'm only you know most Ironman athletes do they if they do well in the run, they'll score under 300 training stress score points. And what that is is 100 points is equivalent to going and doing a 40k TT an hour long time trial as hard as you can so if you score under 300 points in an Ironman it's still the equivalent stress of doing three back to back 40k TTs so it's still hard (laughs) but at the same but at the same time your intensity factor won't be 100% it won't be the 1.0 it'll be down there in the 0.70 area 0.72 or something like that so then that means that you're you know you're not blowing out all this muscle glycogen so i like to kind of to, to give my age group triathletes that ceiling and say, okay, you know what? You're not allowed to score more than 300 TSS points, all right? And what is your threshold power, all right? We know what your threshold power is, and we know how long we're gonna you're going to try and ride this thing in. And then mathematically, we can kind of figure out the intensity. We know we need to make the intensity factor about 0. 0.70 or 0. 0.72 or whatever it is. Then I can figure out, Okay, well, the magic number is 208 watts. Yeah, yeah, you know, okay, not realistic to hold exactly 208 watts for five plus hours. But you know, like, okay, if I'm in this area, you know, 220 to 200, then I know that I'm pacing myself correctly and using that intensity um, correctly so that I'm going to run well at the end. Cool. It's interesting, isn't it? Hey, um, one of the key things, you know, you've got, you've got your book, Training and Racing with a Power Meter. Um, I guess the key thing with a power meter is you've got to be able to interpret the data, which you can do through your, your Cycling Peak software. Um, mm-hmm. It's a fantastic tool, and, and as we found out on the clinic we did here in Christchurch, you know, some of the coaches have been using it um, quite extensively, um, but a lot of people are sort of self-taught and they know ins and outs of it. Um, obviously, getting your book is is the first step. Is there any other? I mean, do you guys run clinics or anything like that? Um, or how can people really upskill themselves as much as they can? Obviously, on top of um, trying to read your book back to back. 
Sure, sure. No, that's a that's a um, uh, it is tough. It's not easy to to absorb the information sometimes from a book, or not easy just to look at the software and figure it out. Um, so I've done a couple of things. One, we've got um, a pretty good support site uh, on trainingpeaks.com, and in the support. Part for are the, the WKO software, the analysis software. I've got a lot of kind of case studies in there, so it doesn't just say, "Oh, click here." This is what this button does. It's like, oh, well, here's why you're actually doing this, and what am I looking at, and why do I want to see this? So, under the support site, under trainingpeaks.com, we've got lots of things there. Then I also do a webinar series um, myself every month. So I have a webinar that's um, for athletes, and then I have a webinar that's just for coaches as well, because I have a lot of coaches that that like to kind of help mentoring. Um, um, and, and that's uh, you can go to my site peakscoachinggroup.com and under the webinar link there that you can sign up for a webinar and take one of my webinars and I've got a lot of past webinars so I've archived all the webinars as well and so that way all of a sudden webinars are cool because you can see my screen you know you see me on the computer oh click this button here's how this works or hey we're going to analyze this Ironman file today what's happening going on here with this file what did this athlete do wrong and so it, it makes it it's, it's a lot of fun they're really cool nice um, very good so if people want to get hold of um, the book just go to imtalk.me we'll have a link through to Amazon we can get training and racing with a power meter Second edition with special features on for the in triathletes. triathletes in the world. And as Hunter said, he mentioned a few <coughs> websites there where you can go to um, get yourself upskilled. So, Wicked, thanks very much for your time, Hunter. All right, thank you. You're a champ, thank you. Cool. Okay, so that was Hunter. And uh, if you want to get his book, on if you go to www.imtalk.me, I've put uh, a link to our Amazon page if you click on the nice book. Nice work, <laughs> See what I've done there? So uh, if you want to um, get this book, then you go on our Amazon page. And uh, after the interview, if I was racing Iron Man right now, I'd be getting that book. Mm. Yeah, That's good. I've got it. I've got a signed copy. You even got it. Did he say, love you, John? No, I think I said in the interview what he put on there. I can't remember. Uh, so, okay. Remember. Yeah. So you click on that. They'll take you to our Amazon page. Then just do a search for an Amazon page, and you'll be sweet as questions and answers. Um, we're a bit, we're a bit beshevelled, aren't we, John? A bit beshevelled, yes. Because John, we've actually had like two hours between the show. Yeah. Because John just got up and left me. I just had to leave. So how did it go? Good. Just uh, building up and sponsors for my triathlon festival. And, and, and be, did it go well? Did they give you money? Uh, reasonably, reasonably positive. I've how got many sponsors have you got so far? I've got two cash sponsors already for oh. two title sponsors. So I've got five races. Who are they? Day. Give them some love. Fendleton Eye Clinic is going oh, to be funny that. Funny like that. And the other one is to be confirmed. They're not quite sure which brand they're going to use, but it's a brand we're familiar with. I think. <laughs> okay, uh, we've got, what have we got here? We've got, we've got quite a few. I've checked a few emails in. Okay, first of all, from Graham Purdy. I love your work. Keep up. Keep it up. It's much appreciated. I sent a longer question some time ago about pacing hilly cycle courses. Hopefully, they'll get. Did you get that? It's, I've got quite a few questions at the moment sitting in, in file. We've got okay, to, this is a quick one. Now. I'm off to Spain uh, for a long weekend, and exactly three weeks before I my um, UK 70.3, which is a race. As you probably know, the UK 70.3 is a very tough course with just under 2K of climbing and six climbs of up to seven, six, 15 to 17 degrees. Wow. It's, it's pretty steep. It's pretty massive. Uh, we have three choices. Should I, A, or one, enter the Seville Olympic Distance Triathlon Flat Course, focus on some race experience, <coughs> speed in the legs, 
uh, race it hard. Two, ride the local hills, some serious mountain roads, uh, long climbs. Three, tone down the intensity, run, ride a little, and just chill out on the beach. I'm leaning towards one, as it'd be a very different experience for me racing in Spain. It's my only second year in tries. And I think that's that, that last sentence there is probably the key thing. It's only his second year in tries. Um, and so I would be definitely lean strongly towards doing a race, getting some more race experience, getting a good, strong head out. Sure, the course is not specific to what you're doing, but you'll probably gain more from doing a race than you will just training on the course and just going through the, the nervousness, maybe just looking at your nutrition a little bit. It's only Olympic, but I know you can still practice nutrition for the half and just being comfortable with the, with the swim situation as well okay next question Jason whoa how do you say that one John he hasn't given us any help Badari Brand Brandari yeah well I'm not a triathlete just a biker and runner I've been regular since your show for oh, a couple of years oh we love it Jason we love it and I've never had a reason to email you um, he received this link below and he thought it might be of interest and I think this is cool did you have a look at this no or maybe I did I would have because I always it's called the look. Eurostar Triathlon with a Y. What they're doing, um, Eurostar, it's obviously just a, a promo for the cities that the Eurostar goes to. And you're basically doing so a is swim. Is the Eurostar a train or something, is it? Yeah, it's a high-speed train oh, between high speed, okay, um, yep. London the UK and Paris, and Paris and to Brussels. different Brussels and what have you. Basically, you get to do a sort of triathlon in a day in four different um, cities, four different countries. So you get up, you get over to Paris, and then you swim in the Basin de Villette for a 1.4... 5k swim yep. early morning then mid morning and you get a special charter crane a train from uh, a crane pa- they crane you across crane, they crane <laughs> wow, across from phenomenal. Paris uh, Charles de Nord and then you go across to Brussels and then in Brussels you do a 40k bike ride around the King Boudouin the first stadium and nice. then you get back on the train a special Eurostar charter to Brussels no to St Pancras International which is in uh, in London yep. and then late afternoon you do a 10k in Regent's Park. Cool That's idea. Cool, yeah. And so imagine combined times at the end of it, is it? Must be. Yeah, must be. Yeah. yeah I think it's more about the experience than the yeah, race. Yeah, but it's a great idea. But there were some cool prizes in there as well. Like there was a, you know, some weekend trips away and with accommodation and everything included. So obviously doing a bit of a promo for Eurostar and also a little bit of a promo for London where it's finishing. So cool idea. Good times. So if you want to check that out in your new UK. Go Eurostartriathlon.com and the triathlon. Oh, actually. Because I think... Cityathon. That's a Eurostar. Cityathon.com. Try Cityathon. Try Cityathon. I'll put it on you. Yeah, put it on. Okay, Malcolm Smith, a while back I was asking you about whether, from an overall race experience, Roth was better than Ironman distance race, uh, best Ironman distance race around. Looks like it might be. I might be able to do Germany next year. I was wondering if you guys have heard of any feedback uh, to see if Ironman Frankfurt race is the same or even better. Uh, also notice that uh, we probably need to talk about that so what do you think do you think you should do Germany or Rote we've only done Rote so we can't comment on, on and, Germany yeah, but, but from, from what I've heard from what we've yeah, heard Germany's similar great. sort of experience yeah. Rote is awesome um, apparently Jim, uh, Frankfurt is, is pretty similar best thing you can probably do is go onto the forums and that's just the kind of thing people discuss on forums and then you can get a perspective of people who have done both of them yep, but yep. apparently both races are I, I think you can't really lose either way no. yep okay um, uh, this one's from Shane Oh, he's given us the first name. Don't worry about last name. Uh, this is my second season training triathlon, and I'm signing up for 70.3 in the States. I'm volunteering at the WI Ironman and signing up for next year's Ironman. My question is, since my A race this year is a 7.3, do I train for my A race, or do I use it as a training session? Definitely train for your A race and, yep. and race it as a race. 
But at the same time, you could still be going out as training for your 70.3 race and doing some over-distance rides, you know, getting your distance up on the bike during summer. But, you know, put your eggs into that basket, try to race hard, have a think about your nutrition for Ironman the following year and maybe try to trial that um, a pretty similar sort of nutrition plan in your 70.3 so you, you, you are building those blocks towards Ironman. But I'd definitely say race the race, as we had with that earlier question. But at the same time, it wouldn't do you any harm to do some Ironman long-distance training during uh, during the summer. Good. David Wilde, he's coming in. He's going, I'm doing St. George in May the 1st. We've well, probably done it, John. He's done it. Right, let's go off the question anyway. This has been my third Ironman. I'm a Northern Hemisphere athlete from the UK, but recently relocated to Canada. And so uh, this is an early season race for me. My training is focused on strength and endurance due to the difficulty of the course, and I don't expect a PB. However, I do plan to make a relative improvement on my last race and would like to finish with a sub-12. Then I'm going to be doing Ironman Switzerland on the 25th of July. This is a pretty quick course, and I think I can smash my PB. There'll be 12 points between the two Ironmen ah so you've, you've done well um, I'd like some advice on how I should spend these 12 weeks uh, should I have a solid base of strength and endurance from I should have a solid base of strength and endurance from Ironman St George but want to ensure A adequate recovery and B that I lay on as much speed work as possible I'm booked to do a half iron distance race five weeks before Ironman Switzerland your thoughts? It's been a couple of weeks since that race, so hopefully you've been following what I'm about to advise. Generally, if you've got a double-up race, you want to keep training um, straight away. And basically, first week, pretty much active recovery, so you're doing short stuff, just trying to get the blood flow going. Just moving the body. Moving the body. Second week, um, should be doing frequent, easy training, so maybe one session a day for, say, maybe around about one hour, not much longer, no intensity third week fairly regular-ish training with no intensity and then fourth week on it's pretty much resume normal training yep. if if you're um if you have recovered properly the, the and thing, injury free and you're injury free got to be careful how mentally frazzled you are as well so you've got to factor that in if you're going to take a little bit of a break and you've got a 12-week period off there i would suggest having a couple of weeks training and then having a little bit of a break, maybe having three or four days off, and then resuming training. So then you, you get the body going, you're not going to... Um, seize up. Seize up, and you've got to remember that you've been detraining for several weeks leading into the race, so your fitness has already dipped down, so we just need to get that back up slightly, and then I'd suggest having a small break. Um, but I think, you know, if, if you have done a really good build-up for a race, and you have got plenty of um, long rides, long runs, etc., you're right, it is a good opportunity to do a bit more speed work, and I, and I generally suggest doing a bit more speed work on the bike, and I think the fact that you've got a half Ironman in there five weeks out is, is really good as well, and that's more or less it, so I think you just got to, you, you, you don't want to have too much downtime, but you need to make sure that you aren't mentally frazzled as well, and that's what we hear from the pros as well, they more or less train through races yep. and just, just crawl back into it. Okay, did I hear the WTC rep? Well, this is from Becca. Humphreys uh, suggests that competitors should slow down so the prize pot is split sensibly. Is Ironman Pro an event or a race managed spectacle? Personally, I want to see a race, not an exhibition. And that was Becky's point after last nice. week, yep. which, is, which is a fair call, isn't it? It is. Although I do think Paula Newby Fraser was probably been quite cynical in that yeah, moment. No, I think so. Yes, probably not the best call on her behalf. Uh, just uh, Tom from uh, Marathon Talk, who's uh, a big listeners of our show as well. Marathon Talks of another podcast out there. Uh, he's going to be doing Laren Ironman Lanza Grotti this weekend, and nice. uh, good old Roy Spicer wanted to give him some love. So there's nice. some love, Tom. Nice. Bit of man love. And lastly, it's actually a bit of a sad email, and I got through from Hal Tell, and uh, 
just sent me his email or through Facebook actually, but um, he just basically said, I have a good friend who has competed one Ironman with loads of mechanical difficulties, 15 hours or so, but he did it. He entered a Lanzarote and fell off his bike in training, then never made it. Then entered last year, crashing in training, never raced, but came off to, out to support, and then decided that he would not bother this year, but come and do ANSI with us. Fantasy. What's that? It's, like it's a, a really wicked training location in France. Okay, and take on the hills. He was one of my winning ushers and an inspiration to take on the world. Hundred, oh, he had helped to inspire him to the 100,000 rowing record. Nice. With just two weeks to go into training camp, he was out doing some hill work when he got rammed behind by 404 and woke up in an air ambulance. He has vertebrae damage and is unlikely to ever cycle again. However, at this point, he was requested some IM talk to listen to while he spends the next six weeks in a hospital bed. It would be great if we could give him a shout-out on the show. If nothing more, let him know that the trial world is thinking of him. And, and his name's Martin Sutcliffe. 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 And, uh, mate, obviously horrible situation, and, and oh, it just that must be a horrible way. Get back into it, though. Yeah, just, we'll do something. Just hope. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think the thing is, is imagine, like, that's the thing with the thing we do. Like, I know with my career, my career is very much based on my physical body, and yeah. that if I get injured, my career is over. And, and the thing is, everyone out there, we're so passionate about what we do, aren't we? We love training. And to have an injury like this, which means that, you know, you could never ride your bike again, is, is pretty heartbreaking, mate. So we're definitely thinking of you, and hopefully you get you get good soon. And, you know, one, one, yeah, one thing that's bad about us triathletes is we're pretty strong. So hopefully uh, you'll be uh, doing something at some stage. And then always read some of those inspirational stories. Lots of people out there have always been told they can't do things, and sometimes you can use that as a bit of motivation. Yeah. So, Marty, mate, the I Am Talk world is thinking of you. Sponsors... Athlinks.com There's been some updates You've got an email mate So you get, here we go You want to read the email Yep So but, well, you go on Athlinks.com I'm going to Athlinks.com um, Dr John You hear that One of the things on Athlinks is If you want to search For your results Or say you're a, you want to claim Some of your results You can go on there And you Or you want to search So where am I going John So you're basically Just clicking under Results there Yep, yep. And just put in A fairly common name Try to think of a common John Smith name. John Smith Okay so you put in John Smith. In the past, what would happen is you have a massive list of John Smith names, and you go, how the hell am I going to find all my oh, results from there? There's so many John Smiths in the world. I'm sick of them. So Glad I'm Bevan James Isles. So there's probably not that many Bevan James Isles. But so you basically click on that, clicks go, and now what happens is you can then break down that search. So you oh, can do it. great. So you go John Smith from Christchurch. Yeah, well, you can break it ge- geographically, and you can break it by age. So Great. you can say, well, I'm, you know, I've, I've been racing for five years, and I'm in the 40 to 45, so you break it down by age, break it down by ge- um, geography. Break it down, y'all. Oh, look at this. And there also, are a lot of John Smiths, aren't there? And it also, if John Smith is uh, already on Athlinks, um, there's pictures that come up as well. So you, there's even alternate spelling names, so if you misspell something. So where do we do this? So we go... Well, you can go down here, and you can say, well... You put the age range of okay, say, say 50, 50 to 55. 55. Good. And then John Smith's are in the 50 to 55, and it's narrowing it down. And then you want to change location, maybe to. Yep, change locations, and now it's dropped that down to. Uh, yeah, 116 locations. Okay. And then you basically eliminate the person that you want to find, which is really exactly. good, eh? Because a lot of people do have common names. Mm. Hey, like John Newsom. <laughs> Hundreds of them. It's also if you're searching for somebody else and you, you stuff up their spelling slightly. It's funny because with names nowadays, they're saying that parents are actually naming their kids differently because they're worried about the Google search factor. Oh, that's very pathetic. 
But if I have to travel more than 20 minutes to get to work, I'm out of it. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't do it, eh? Hey? Like, yeah. I know a lot of you guys out there probably have to do that, but yeah. for us to have to bike seven minutes to get to work, it's or walk I from the... Bike road. 36 <laughs> seconds to get to the podcast yeah, studios. that's right. So, but I tell you what, if you are going to sit in your car for hours, these coffee mugs are gold. And what's great at the moment of Coffees of Hawaii is if you spend more than $40 or more, you receive a free mug... Along with a free shipping, if you enter the code MUG10, cheapest creepers. I imagine, wow, that's that's a great deal. Nice. So there's an advisor of your preference for a tan or black mug oh. at checkout. I'm going to check out right They're now. They're the innovators. They are. So really. It's good stuff. It's another way you can support um, Coffees of Wai. I do like those show. mugs. I do like those oh, mugs because yeah. they keep it nice and hot. And, and big. And what's good on a cold morning is they actually keep your hands warm. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah big as well. Big. Because I like, I, I don't like, see, look at my, co- look at that, John. There you go, you got one. I got one right here. Albert Bevan needs an upgrade. I do need an upgrade because I've got the old 
God yeah. steal one. Yeah. Um, but it's a double drink. That's yes. what I love about it. You get yeah. more drink. So while you're there, you get on there and order some coffee. I don't know if you you got a discount code there. You got Mug10. Mug10. So you get free shipping uh, over $40. That may be US only. I'm not sure. Um, if, if in doubt, ask Albert. He'll yeah, let you know. They're great. And uh, then you can also get your mug as well. It's game. It's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. Uh, they're onto it. So Coffeesofhawaii.com. Okay, so sponsors if you, are? And if you just want your regular order, um, just go through the IM Talk page and that IM Talk website. That goes to the IM Talk page. Gives you the codes and stuff on there for extra special discounts. Love your work. Athlinks.com sponsors. Get on there so you can find John Smith. And coffeesofhawaii.com. So you can get a new mug. Nice. Some would say your mug. Yeah, mug. <laughs> if you want to email us, you can email us at iamtalkpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, again, if you want to buy that book, go to the Amazon page that we've got. Because Dude, that helps us out a little bit. Uh, really, Amazon gives us nothing. But every kind of two years, we get like a check for $100 US. And yeah. you know what? For us, that's millions. Yeah. Um, okay, John, what's your goss? What is my goss? I haven't given my goss grab you It's going to be a long show. It is. Yeah. As um, said, did my half marathon around the course on Sunday morning at 6 o'clock in the morning in the rain and a little bit of wind. So it was oh. good, good conditions. But then, disappointingly, I've just been at home, had my breakfast before take two of the show. And uh, I said, so you made me wait around even longer. I, I, I kept it within five You were late this morning. I wasn't. I said I'd be here at 7.15. No, you said 10 past 7 and you told her I'm at 20 past. Oh, rubbish. You did. I was thinking, I was thinking she getting a little bit angry with you. No, you, your thing's out. No, but no, because so I was like, here at 7.12. <laughs> <laughs> it was three minutes early even. You're dreaming, you know. Anyway, um, it was 6 o'clock on Sunday morning. It was cold. It was wet. Yeah, so wait a second. What happened when you went home for breakfast? Uh, oh, that's right. I saw, <laughs> saw in the paper. Normally, you know, I looked at the results and I was thinking, well, if I do, you know, say around about 236, 235, be, be sort of 10th-ish most yep. years. See the article in the paper. Oh, the, all the guns are coming, aren't they? All the guns are coming. So I'm all not that worried about pace, re- uh, placing really. I'm I know, but it would be nice to get the top 10, wouldn't it? It would be nice to get the top 10, but that is out the window. Yeah, because they've got the guys, real guns, they're like 213 oh, yeah. kind of guys. Yeah, some, I think a few guys might want to try to qualify for Commonwealth Games, um, yeah. which I think is 215, maybe. Yeah. Um, or two seventeen. So anyway, so top tier is completely out the out the door. But anyway, still have, had a good run. Round in one twenty, a little bit slower than I thought. So mm. here's the challenge because I probably got I don't know where I got last year. Probably about twentieth. Mm. So I know I got fifteenth. And what did you do? Two forty six. Yeah, <laughs> let's go to Athletics and pull that out right now while we're talking so away. So I'm thinking that yeah. No, I'm just going for time. In whatever place, can't control who turns up, but I control can control my own destiny. I see giving results. Um, so that was interesting. Nice course, actually. I was, I, I've yeah, people bagged, got a hard time. I've people bag at fifteenth overall, John. Yeah. So that's your challenge. Right. <laughs> You've got to get your two thirty-five. Yeah. But also, you got to try to beat my place of fifteenth. No, it could be could be challenging. That's the chicks here, I think. Oh, it's chicks. Wait a second. There's men's um, marathon men. One to four one. So last year the Christchurch Marathon was one, and this is all on Athletics. Even James Isles two eighteen. I did two forty six. If I'd done my two thirty six grand, it was crappy weather last year. I would have got fifth or sixth. Sixth. Yeah. Uh, happening this year. I'll tell you that right now. Yes, yeah, it was a hard year last year. Yeah. It was a very hard year. So anyway, um, what was your anyway? Yeah. So. Ran the course and that was interesting. Yeah, no, that's a, a yeah, nice course. course. Yeah, people always give it a hard time and say it's a horrible it's nice. course. It's it, was, it was a dark and you're running, you're just following the river yeah, around. It's, it's beautiful. You've got a river on one side, houses on and the other side. And then you run through the park and yeah. then, yeah, people give it a hard time. Oh, it's a boring flat course. I'm like, it's not that boring. I agree. When it used to go out to the airport, yeah, that was boring. I did that one. Boring. Yeah, that was boring because you just got Memorial Ave and yeah. then you go to some kind of loop at the end. But yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, that's uh, what I did in my weekend. Other than that, 
can't really think of too much else exciting. I'm fairly regular stand week, and uh, Thomas isn't wearing pull-ups in bed. No. Oh, that's exciting times in, in yeah, your life, isn't it? Very disciplined in bed. Oh, I've got a, I've got a book I need to recommend to you actually. Yeah, but uh, anyway, uh, even anything exciting happening? Well, you know what's happening in my, in my life this week, John? What? My daughter's going to the next level. Oh, she's turning thirteen. Right, she's going to be a teenager. <gasps> I know. She's high school next year then. Yep, she's yep. The, the oldest kid in class. Yeah, because she's in May, so it's a kind of a crossover. Yep. But uh, slightly concerned because thirteen, you know, things start to happen now, John. Mm. Things start to happen. You got a rule with an iron fist, Bevan. That's uh, my advice. Really, iron just fist. be hard. So I'm more in to give them freedom with boundaries. Iron fist. Really, you're going to be an iron fist dude, are you? I'm um, freedom with boundaries. That's what I have. Give them lots of freedom, but no, no the boundaries. So the thing is, she's turning thirteen. I haven't got a present yet, and she lost her old iPod. So I was thinking, get her in your iPod. Hope she doesn't listen to the show. She doesn't listen to the show. No, no, no. I, I'm 100% sure, <laughs> 120% sure yeah. that she never listens to the show. But she doesn't want an iPod. She wants money. So, mm. John, can I, should I give her money? No. But her argument, it was a good argument. She goes, look, Dad, the thing is, I want clothes. And by buying clothes, I'm saving you money because you don't have to buy me clothes. And so it's a, it's a good argument. You have vouchers, but if you go to give them cold hard cash... You know where that money's going. <laughs> you don't know where that I could take going. a shopping. You could. Yeah. A shopping day experience. Birthday shopping trip. Birthday shopping with Dad. Yeah. Because I'm sure she'd love going to the mall with Dad. Because mm-hmm. she's of that age now when they go to the mall. Mm-hmm. I let them bust to the mall and they go yep. bust to the mall and they feel yeah, really cool. And they, yep. and they get their, they buy rice balls. And When you were 13, yes. can you remember being 13? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Is that sort of Transformers or were a bit over Transformers by then? No, you should have been over by then. If you were yeah. Transformers by then, you yeah. <laughs> It was more sort of 11, tw- 10, 11 12. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were, were just coming out of that stage. Mm-hmm. 13. Yeah, no, you passed it at 13. MC Hammer was already in. Vanilla Ice. Vanilla Ice was at 13. Right. Yep. Vanilla Ice. Yep, what do you mean? Did you like Vanilla Ice? Yep. Yeah, he was cool. We, we were, Word I, was, to your mother. I was down with it with yeah. Vanilla Ice. <laughs> Word to your mother. This is going to be a record show, I think. I think it? we've been recorded lately, actually. It's going to be an hour 20, 25. No, you've got to put the interview on there, haven't you? Yeah, yeah no, but he only talked for an hour 25. Did he? I thought we were on there for a lot. I thought we were on there like 30, 35. Anyway, we'll find this out. This could be the longest show of all time. Okay, Iron Russ. Iron Man doesn't. Oh, no, I didn't talk. Hey, and actually, remember, this week we are doing our picks on Fantasy oh, Try Fantasy so if try. you want to take us on get on there and I've, I started a week but this week's my week yep Iron Russ I'm Endo Train hard Trace Kia Kaha, Kaha.